In Tuesday's Farming Independent, the increasing numbers of dairy farmers switching to robotic milking systems. In property, we take a look inside a farm on the market for 1.1 million in Kerry. And Dara McCullough asks if Taylor Swift's new look can help halt the collapse in wool prices. The Farming Independent. Real stories worth paying for. In print or subscribe at independent.ie. Hello and welcome to another Disney vs. Disney Debates, the podcast where we're going to figure out exactly what is the best Disney film ever made. I am your host and Grandmaster Zane C. Webber, here with two seasoned debaters to figure out which is the better film, The Little Mermaid or A Bug's Life. Now, fact-checking us today is... Old Maddie, that's right. Old Maddie, that's right is who we have here today. I got the facts, yo. Oh, please stop. Wow. <laughs> um, real, real quick. Do you have any uh, bias to declare before we get into the debates, Matthew? I do have a bias to declare. I, I really, really, really love the bu- A Bug's Life, especially because Incorrect. it's um, of its like inspirations origins, which I'm not going to say because I'll be interested to see I'm sure comes we'll up. hear more about that. In a moment. So, representing A Bug's Life today, we have the regular at this point. Hello, it's Stacey. How you doing? <laughs> Stacey here talking A Bug's Life and representing a, The Little Mermaid. I am Carly Skelton. Carly How are we all today? Skelton. Are we all good? We're doing real swell. Ready to, yeah. swell. Ready to bestow some knowledge. Mm. Mm. You're not bestowing you're any knowledge. You're just checking the knowledge that is bestowed. Okay, okay, I'll cool my jets. Please, please cool whatever it is that is (laughs) is dancing in his chair. He's so excited to be here. (laughs) (laughs) So this is almost, we're approaching the end of the second round of debates. (gasps) So by now you will know that we start off with a six-minute first round in which you give both the pros of your film and the cons of your opponent's film. Then we take a short break and we come back with a question and answer where I will be asking you some questions about the points you made or perhaps some points that you neglected to make. And then after another short break, we come back with three-minute closing arguments. Now, we have rolled the dice and determined that Stacey Holmes will be going first today. No, I'm going second. Going but second I can go today? First. No, no, I'm sorry. I was just. I, I, I Carly goes then. first. That's I can't the way believe I, I missed checking the first fact. <laughs> Come on, Maddie. Yeah. It's early days, early days. Okay, so Carly Skeldon will be going first with her arguments for The Little Mermaid. So your time starts when you start talking. The Little Mermaid was released in 1989 and even now it's hard to believe that this classic was made in the 80s. It was an extraordinary film for its time in regards to the animation and the music is outstanding. More money and resources were dedicated to Mermaid than any other Disney animated film in decades. The underwater setting required the most special effects animation for a Disney animated feature since Fantasia in 1940. That was a long time ago. Effects animation supervisors estimated that over a million bubbles were hand-drawn for this film, like the sheer amount of effort they went into for this amazing film. In addition to the use of other processes like airbrushing, backlighting, computer animation, um, the blue-green hue of Ariel's fin was specifically mixed by the Disney Paint Lab 
for this movie. And they called the new colour Ariel in her honour. So I thought that was really cute. Um, It was the first movie of the Disney Renaissance and the last Disney feature film to use the traditional hand-painted cell method of animation. So The Little Mermaid was a real turning point in Disney animation. Um, Moving on to the characters, Ariel is sassy, strong-willed and kind of wise beyond her years. Yes, she makes some pretty bad decisions, but who doesn't at the age of 16? I mean, we've all been there, right? She saw, addressed and broke through the stereotypes and injustices all around her. She has amazing friendships. Sebastian and Flounder are the best friends a girl could ask for. Everyone needs a stoic, bossy Sebastian friend and the I'll do anything to make you happy and show you I love you Flounder. Like, (laughs) yeah, no, I have one of those. It's great. It's really great. Scuttle is a bird that is dorky, clumsy, but you know what else? Scuttle will do anything he could for you. Sebastian is like the friend everybody needs, as he tried his best to get her to make good choices, but then eventually helped her when he realised that she truly loved Eric. Again, Ariel's friend's a boss. Um, Prince Eric. Prince Eric is the most beautiful man you've ever seen in a Disney movie. Ever. That smile... Those dimples, those eyes, oh, please. He's as gorgeous as she is. And I know he's drawn, but he's still very, very pretty. (laughs) The story is a bit iffy. Yes, Ariel turns her back on her family for a guy, but that's true love. Ariel's father has always been a huge soft spot for me in this film because he always reminded me of my own dad. Sometimes in Disney films, either the parents are dead or they're just plain absent. King Triton is neither of those things. He plays the role of father in a way that shows that he's not only king of the ocean, but a struggling single father trying not to mess up raising his teenage daughters. And like seven teenage daughters, that can't be a good time. (laughs) It just cannot be a good time. He makes his mistakes and probably needs to work on his anger management just a schmidge. But ultimately, he wants to keep his daughters safe and happy. In the end, love wins out. King Triton says goodbye to Ariel because he knows how important her ultimate happiness is. I know many people who have fallen out with their families because of who they love. Unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Sometimes your love comes first. And in the end, Triton and her sisters all come around and they lived happily ever after. Now, when it comes to Disney villains, you do not get much better than Ursula. Ursula is who I relate to most in the entire Disney universe. In fact, today I'm wearing my Ursula shell necklace. I do Noted. Like, I do like a prop. <laughs> It'll be on my Instagram if you'd like to see it. Um, Ursula was spurned when she was younger and as per the classic Disney way, she seeks revenge by way of lies and murder. Her trickery via a magical contract is clever and classic of the Disney way. The design of the villainous Ursula, interestingly, was based upon the drag performer Divine. An additional early inspiration before Divine was Joan Collins, but they thought, nah, she needs to be more. I know I already mentioned the music, but seriously, part of your world, under the sea, such stunning, singable and memorable songs. Poor Unfortunate Souls is one of the best ever Disney songs, Fight Me. And Kiss the Girl, I mean, come on, it's just beautiful. The music by Alan Menken won two Academy Awards, one for Best Original Score and Best Song. It also won two, dram- two Grammys, went triple platinum and sold two million copies of the soundtrack album, an unheard of feat for the animated feature film of the time. Alan Menken had never written an underscore for a Disney movie before. So, The Little Mermaid was considered his dry run. He thought his first music cue was horrible and he was sure to get fired. Yeah, you were <laughs> wrong. He, you, did, you did well. Onto the Bug's Life. It's a cute movie, but that's really all it is. The animation is is quite good, but that's because it was released nearly 10 years after The Little Mermaid, and Disney Animation Studios had made great strides in animation development in those years. 
Um, I've always confused A Bug's Life with Ants, the DreamWorks film released the same year. They've got very similar stories about a brave young ant trying to save his colony and get the girl and live happily ever after. No other animated film even compares closely to The Little Mermaid. It stands strong on its own. Oh, that's well me. Done. Excellent. Wonderful. Uh, so uh, let's go straight over to Stacy. Uh, you will have the same six minutes with a warning at five. Mm-hmm. Uh, your time starts when you start talking. Who hasn't watched insects and thought of what their life might be like? This is, of course, the premise of A Bug's Life and their world is lovingly created and great fun to watch. From the start, we are given a funny and scientifically accurate joke of an ant freaking out when something interrupted the production line. From there, the tone for a heartwarming, funny and clever film is set. The world of A Bug's Life is created from all sorts of human items reimagined to make sense from the perspective of an insect. The fairy light and glowworm traffic lights, the cardboard box city, the bottle cap tables and the dog collar circus ring are just some of the many examples of creativity and fun in the world design. There are also a bunch of fun gags about the world itself, like serving a mosquito an O-positive droplet of blood and a slug who foams at the mouth after being served salt. The world was built despite challenges in the animation. It was more difficult for animators during the production of A Bug's Life than that of Toy Story as computers ran sluggishly due to the complexity of the character models. The transition from treatment to storyboards took on an extra layer of complexity due to the the in-depth storytelling for several major groups of characters. The range of characters were not treated as sidekicks, but as fully developed characters with their own motivations and growth. Developing the world itself also required a change in insight. Director John Lasseter thought it would be useful to look at the view of the world from an insect's perspective. Two technicians obliged by creating a miniature video camera on Lego wheels, which they dubbed as the bug cam. Fastened to the end of a stick, the bug cam would roll through the grass and other train and send back an insect's eye, look, um, insect's eye outlook. Lasseter was intrigued by the way grass, leaves and flower petals formed a translucent canopy as if the insects were living under a stained glass ceiling. It is this level of detail that creates a flawless world and helps us understand what life is like for these tiny creatures from the gorgeous life-sustaining grains and berries to the thunderous exploding rain. This incredible feat becomes most clear at the very end when we follow the circus bug's exit and see as we zoom out that an ant island is in fact a tiny mound in the middle of a pond. The animators created a world so immense we forgot it was small. Though the world building is fun and well executed, the great strength of a bug's life lies in the fully developed, fascinating characters that the movie introduces us to. Firstly, the queen. She's a boss, first of all. She is quick thinking, (laughs) calm and a true leader. The ants look to her not only because of her position from birth, but because of her excellent leadership qualities. She leads the charge in the final battle. She does not leave the fighting to her subjects and they respect her and love her for that. Princess Ada is another relatable character. She feels the pressure of providing for the entirety of the ant population, especially after following such a worthy and notable ruler as the Queen. She truly cares for her people, working alongside them to fulfil their food quota, and is constantly looking for ways to better her leadership skills. She doubts herself and she is her hardest critic, but she also admits when she is wrong and celebrates in her successes. The little princess Dot is an absolute sweetheart and represents the child viewer. Her fear of Thumper is palpable, and her childlike innocence and lack of bitterness and her encouragement to and belief in Flick gives the film heart the fact that the savior of the colony ends up being in part due to the blueberries which is like ant girl scouts (laughs) is empowering and gives a child audience relatable characters to rally behind to give them encouragement to face fears in their own lives and then we have this crazy assortment of circus bugs francis the male ladybug slim the stick insect heimlich the caterpillar manny a praying mantis gypsy a gypsy moth rosie a black widow spider tuck and roll twin pill bug brothers and dim a rhinoceros beetle these characters who came to the colony out of a hilarious misunderstanding demonstrate true empathy and courage when they stay to help 
the ants from their oppressors, even though they had no obligation to do so. They find purpose and joy again in their lives, and this brings joy and freedom to the colony. The tension in the movie is driven partly by Hopper, who is a terrifying villain in the form of a grasshopper. The moment when the grasshoppers smash their legs through the roof of the ant's home as a cower creates such a powerful tension. He makes outright threats and threatens a child. He kills three of his comrades by drowning them in grain. He reflects the bully, the fear that controls us, and is perfectly portrayed. Last but not least, Flick. Flick is a flawed, interesting protagonist. He is shunned by being a radical in a rigid, structured world of ants. His story reflects to so many of us who struggle when our creativity is hindered and scorned by the world. His determination and resilience is something to be admired. The fact that he risks his life to venture out into the greater world is something to be um, admired. Uh, and it, in, it shows tenacity and strength in the fact that he wants to save his kin. His courage to himself, despite the constant ridicule and criticism as others, is inspiring to say the least. When he stands up to Hopper at the end after facing a brutal beating, standing up for his kind and instigating an ant revolution, he is standing up for every little guy who ever needed to know that he had the strength inside him all along. The way that A Bug's Life deals with family and violence is contrasted in the, with The Little Mermaid. Where A Bug's Life says aggressive acts for those outside the colony, The Little Mermaid highlights family violence. Though we may agree with Triton that Ariel is ignorant, uh, ignorant and impulsive, his actions are incredibly harmful and traumatic. He drives Ariel into the clasp of a manipulator. The entire premise of the movie is also problematic, where a young woman gives up her agency in order to leave her family for a man she doesn't know at all, just thinks he's good looking. Okay. Is Triton's family one to emulate? Is Ariel an appropriate role model for our girls? I think not. It is a classic movie, but it has a vintage message to match, and it hasn't dated well. Though the story is based on Aesop's fable, The Ant and the Grasshopper, A Bug's Life goes well beyond this story. So much of the story is on transformation. The go-to joke in the movie is Heimlich's desire to transform into a beautiful butterfly, and each character develops and grows through the movie. As Flick accepts himself more, the ants accept his ideas and we see these being integrated more and more in the colony. Furthermore, watching the ants grow in confidence they find the power that they have when they work together is inspiring. The ants create a new culture where quirks and creativity are embraced and celebrated and their lives are spent enjoying their new future. Flick is an incredible role model and the culture that the ants create is one to be celebrated and emulated in our own culture. All right, excellent. Well done. Uh, so, Matthew, are there any facts that need to be checked? My word, quite a lot of facts were thrown at my poor little <laughs> fingies there, but I kept up with most of it, enjoyed finding out about the bug cam. And <laughs> bug the, cam! And the highly lauded soundtrack of Little Mermaid also held up, so it seems all above board by my book. Okay, wonderful. We'll take a short break and we'll come back with the question and answer segment. I have one question for both of you. Huzzah. Okay. So, well, one for each of you, I should say. Oh, okay. Okay. So, uh, let's start with Carly because that is That's the way we do things here. Yeah, that's fine. (laughs) Can you speak to Stacey's accusation that the anger and the violence within the family of the Little Mermaid is a negative what do you mean by anger and violence? So basically, there's no tri- violence. Tri- well, Triton literally destroys his his daughter's beloved treasures uh, on on in in a, in a rage basically, um, and doesn't seem to really care that he's done so until much later. Um, Triton's opinion of humans is that. <sighs> In another story that I read and in the musical as well. So Triton's belief is that 
humans killed his wife and the mother of his mm-hmm. daughters. So one of his daughters idolizing human objects is the worst possible thing that could happen because what if she actually wants to go up and socialize with them and then I could lose, you know, another member of my family? Triton going, no, this cannot happen. I cannot allow this to happen. I'm going to destroy these. So it'll hopefully tell Ariel to stop idolizing it. So even in your explanation there, mm. you reference text outside of The Little Mermaid mm. that Ariel and the audience of The Little Mermaid have no no connection or recollection okay. of necessarily. That's so Kylie's ha- connection. Yeah, so how is, how is that anger and violence anything other than emotional abuse? Look, I think Triton just wants the best for his daughter and he's not great at communicating as you know most Disney fathers so by him destroying her grotto he's thinking this is the best thing for my daughter is it at the end of the day no because Ariel's broken hearted by that Mm -hmm. and she it pushes her to the surface essentially okay all right okay now Stacey yes Carly brought up the fact that A Bug's Life was released and was very similar to another Mm. film called Ants. Very similar-ish storylines. Yes. Can you tell me why A Bug's Life is not a cheap replica of this mother film? Look, there was a lot of controversy about that and it it destroyed friendships. Um, There were lots of chats had between... (laughs) Well, well it did because it was as a discussion. So the story goes... Um, Lasseter was having a chat to the creator of uh, Ants Katzenberg um, and was telling him about A Bug's Life and then Ants came up and he's like, yo, you've ripped me off. And he's like, nah, nah, I thought of this before. Anyway, it was a whole thing. Friendship's ruined. Um, look, I've seen – I have seen both movies. To be fair, it's, it's been a little while since I have seen Ants. Um, for me, A Bug's Life is a lot more memorable uh, and – um, and it, it is a it has that Disney magic. Mm-hmm. Ants was very dialogue heavy, very satire heavy, um, which is fine, um, but it's not really for kids. It was more directed at adults. Had Woody Allen had a lot more adult humor, satire in it. It was fine. It was a good movie, but yeah. but it didn't have the heart that A Bug's Life does. I think heart. Um, a Bug's Life is much more accessible to children, has a much more relatable message to children. And I think it articulated uh, – they did have a sort of similar message of, you know, being yourself, but but I think A Bug's Life really articulated that far better. Um, and it did it not just through their ant characters but through a range of different bug characters. Um, so if I had to watch one, I would definitely hands down go A Bug's Life every time. Um, and though they have – look – I mean, one could argue that any movie with humans in it is a... I mean, the, the thing is that there was two movies about ants at the same time. Yes, that is true. Okay, where, where that came from, whatever. But I do think A Bug's Life was better directed at their target audience um, and better articulated their message and was much more beautifully done. It's it's lovely to look at. The, the ants characters are very angular and quite harsh looking um i think that um a bug's life is just so vibrant and beautiful and and the heart in it i think is is just so beyond 
Okay. And I don't know if I answered your question, but no, you definitely did. Wonderful. Um, I will take those on board. Matthew, do you have any questions you would like to ask? Hmm. Well, one question about the similarity between a bug's life and ants, mm-hmm. because yes, you know, any movie with humans could be say, oh, they both have humans. <laughs> they all but, have humans in it. This both? is being ripped off. Yeah. yeah. But we're so. humans making movies, not ants making movies. So. <laughs> and. Uh, the fact that uh, Katzenberg went to found DreamWorks mm. after a f- after like a feud with one mm. of the Pixar people, mm. and then knowing Bugs Life was on the horizon, like set forth Ants, and both stories. Is, this is my question of like, how do you justify like yeah. their differences? Is they're both centered on a young male, a drone with oddball tendencies that struggles to win a princess's hand by saving their society. Yeah, that's the premise of both. <laughs> well, movies. going by how you who contextualize that question mm. is it a bug's li- life's job to defend itself given that by your conceptual like your context of the question is that ants ripped off a bug's life oh yeah so okay. is well, it answer. up to bug's life to defend itself i'm I think not. i'm not gonna say that matthew's bias just showed itself <laughs> a little bit there just a smidge <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks matt <laughs> but uh what we'll do is we'll take uh, another break we'll come back with closing arguments i'll even it out all righty now we are back with our three minute final summary where you sum up all the good points for your film the bad points for your opponent's film and convince me that your film is the best disney film ever made you'll have three minutes no warning just rude cut off at three And Carly, your time starts when you start talking. There's something magical about The Little Mermaid. And I'm not just talking about it being a Disney film, because all Disney films are fantastic. I think we can all agree on that. There's a bit of an undertone that speaks to people on an almost elemental level. To say this is a coming-of-age film is really a big understatement. Ariel, 16-year-old mermaid that she is, falls for the, bidden, for the, for the forbidden love. Now, Stacey before mentioned that she believes Ariel sets a bad message for children and teenagers by changing herself just to impress a boy. I personally disagree with that. I don't find Ariel a bad character. She didn't completely let Eric go to her head. And let me explain. We all know she loved swimming to the surface to, you know, learn about human objects and had trouble dealing with her dad. She already dreamed about being human before she met Eric. Remember in Part of Your World? Bright young women, sick of swimming, ready to... Yeah, so before she'd even met him, she had established the fact that she wanted to be where the people are. Like, she didn't just do it for a guy. So it's not 100% that she is a bad example for children. She was a woman who wanted something with all of her being and did what she could to get there. So she had to sell her voice to an evil sea witch to get there. You know what? Sometimes you've got to do what you've got to do. I want to touch on something that Zane said earlier as well um, when Triton destroyed Ariel's grotto. Now, Triton says this line in a movie and it's a, he's a human, you're a mermaid. Have you lost your senses completely? And Ariel retorts. She goes, I don't care. To that effect, Triton says, so help me, Ariel, I'm going to get through to you. And if this is the only way, so be it. He was being a protective father. In his opinion, humans are dangerous. And he wanted to make sure that his little girl was safe. Back to my initial thoughts. Um, This movie shows that 
this is really, life is about making decisions. While some decisions may not be well made, it's all a part of the journey that makes a person who they are. Living with the consequences of her choices is a critical part of Ariel's development. Ariel couldn't have stayed in the ocean and married a merman and gone on with her life. I mean, well, she could have done that, but she didn't. She didn't leave just for Eric. She left for all of it. Everything that means to be a human. Wearing shoes, wearing dresses, dancing. She gave up her best asset, her voice. It clearly had to be a terrifying experience, but she did it. Those kinds of decisions are what we what would give life a little spice. Women making decisions to further their lives. The Little Mermaid isn't just a love story. It's about self-advocacy and making decisions for oneself that, although maybe selfish at times, are ultimately decisions that fundamentally and irreversibly change the trajectory of a life in progress. A classic the classic Disney magic of a true love kiss. The jig is up, you jaded, jug-headed Will always be beautiful. The end. Ah, <laughs> uh, just in time. Okay, thank you very much, Carly. Now, Stacey, you have the same three minutes to tell me why Bugs Life is the best Disney film ever made. And your time starts when you start talking. A Bugs Life is a charming film. It is a very funny film and it is a film filled with heart. We meet so many interesting characters. Uh, it's not just centered on one person's story. This is an ensemble film. This is a, a film about multiple storylines, multiple groups of people coming together to work together for a collective goal. And that is to beat the oppressor, to overcome that criticism, that where it be in a society, where it be in one particular bully, or where it to be in yourself and that little inner critic. It is about believing in yourself, about overcoming those things and working together. What A Bug's Life did so well was talking to both collectivist and individualist goals. So where individual characters had their own motivations and their own growth um, but also what is better for the wider group what is um, going to further that wider group sticking to the same boring thing that's done over and over again is that going to really going to help the group move forward um, and listening and accepting other people's points of view your view though you might hold it for a very long time might not always be the correct view you need to take on other ideas um, and listen and respect people I think what, another thing that A Bug's Life really did well was um, speak to the heart of a child we have a child protagonist in Dot who is adorable who is fun who is clever who is kind um, who actually propels the plot forward who is instrumental in saving her entire con colony by putting her life at risk um, with her friends in her beautiful blueberries gang um, um, but putting their life at risk to save their people I think that's such an incredible thing um, for children to see that though they might be young they are still important they are still valued and they can still contribute something of value to the wider group of adults um, that they have this innocence and this belief in people that is untainted by the bitterness and jadedness of this world um, and you can see that in Dot and her support of Flick where she loves his ideas and accepts him and, and, and encourages him as he as he leaves the colony um, I think this has a great message about resilience and moving forward from failure there's constant failures in this movie and we see the characters overcome that um, time and time again and though it um, might not have the accolades that other Disney films has I think it is no less valuable um, and in fact 
incredibly valuable in how to live a good life, how to live with other people, how to live with yourself, how to be your best self, but be your best self in a way that um, betters other people and the collective group. And I just think it's a brilliant movie. It's it's great, and it is good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, I, we'll, we'll cut it off there. There we go. I think uh, well done. Almost got to the whole time. <laughs> I was like, I got three seconds. <laughs> It's it good. Is good. <laughs> okay. How many points is that? <laughs> uh, any, any, any final fact checks, Matthew? Uh, it all oh, that was pretty much all opinion based mm-hmm. and story mm-hmm. based. Yeah, we know the movies. We're all we're all wicked well, smart. We've watched the Disney before. All right. Disney's. Well, you, y'all haven't made it easy for me Sorry. today, so I'm gonna That's take some time. <laughs> Sorry. Figure out which is the best Disney film. So please use this time so to difficult. gush at each other about. <laughs> the opposing film. I am so sorry that I brought up A Bug's Life Ants because <laughs> Ants does not compare, cannot compare it and will never compare. compare. I watched, I've watched a few movies recently. Mm. Um, when I knew I was doing this debate, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to watch both of them. And then mm. I watched Ants as well. Couldn't make it through. Didn't mm. actually finish the movie because nothing compares to Disney. The storyline, the plots, the characters, even the animation is beautiful and bright yeah. and colourful and it makes me feel happy. And it's, it was very dreary as a film. And Julia Louis-Dreyfus as an Anne. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't even bring up the voice it. cast because there's some yeah. crackers in there. Um, oh. Yeah, it's great. I, well, listeners of Disney growing up would know that The Little Mermaid is my first love. Yep. That is my first love Disney movie. Have you ever um, played Ariel? No, bucket list. I have not. It is a bucket list On role. List. Um, that and Ursula, because um, they're both bangers. I've played Ursula. Oh. It was a good time. It's just, it's such a... I had purple in my hairline for weeks. So <laughs> it's awful. Worth it's it. It's worth it. Worth it. Yeah, you're but right. But it's, it's just such a... <laughs> I have such fond memories of the film and I just... I just loved it. and um, It's one of those movies that you watch and you're like, this is just a good time. Yeah. There's pretty songs. There's a sarcastic Jamaican crab. <laughs> just, there's you know. like a fanboy in Flounder. Yep. Like it's just such a good movie. It's a great I know movie. I'm gushing about my own movie because it's just – No, no it's, I love it's wonderful and I was – Not a Bug's Life. Oh, I God. was very <laughs> sad to find out that I had to – Try and beat it up because I didn't want to. I agree with the bug's life because when they're in the bar and they serve the mosquito, the (laughs) blood drop, actual laugh out loud moment. It's got some really good good jokes. It's very witty. It's it's a lot of puns, which I know some stuff that would go over. I didn't mention the word pun. Uh, yeah. For that fact, because mm. I know you love yeah. for puns. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> the, the, the little, old, little old Maddie fact yeah, about Maddie Bugs fact. Life. Yes. I, I was convinced to start my Akira Kurosawa journey because someone told me Seven Samurai is pretty much a Bugs Life. And I was like, sold, done. Get out, really? Yeah. What? Yeah. That's what Bugs Life's based Let on. Let me Seven fact Samurai, check that. <laughs> oh, fun. I hadn't come across that in my, in my readings. Um, Bit of a prestige point. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is a fun movie, and it's a really good. It's a really good ensemble movie, mm. um, where you actually really feel like you get to know lots of the characters by the end of the. Because as I was going through, I was like, "Oh, I know a lot about a lot of these characters in this yeah. movie." Um, and it's and they do have their own individual motivations. And there's you know the other funny like old guy ants who are like. Oh, that's the yeah. start when the leaf falls in the production line, and that guy's like, "Oh, don't worry, the experts are here." <laughs> he 
like comes down. I was laughing so hard. Lols. This is the first five minutes. I'm like, I forgot how good this movie is. Um, just funny. Just funny. Fact that checked. Whole, it mm. is. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's one of my favorite reimaginings. That's cool. But That's to, cool. to balance it out, The Little Mermaid is one of my favorite like musicals that I've ever watched. Like 60 years oh. between Seven Samurai and A Bug's Life. I need to go and watch some stuff. There are later. lots of movies where they where they do that, where they adapt, yeah. you know, the story yeah. and mm. reimagine well, it. Mermaid is, you know, Hans Christian Andersen. It has a slightly happier ending than slightly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring it up because it's not Disney. It's not Disney. Yeah, look, we're 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 all it's familiar. Disney five. Oh, Hans. Yeah, made it better. Okay, <laughs> I've made my decision. Oh, okay. <sighs> I'm not confident in this one. Like I haven't been in a couple of them, and the the Facebook polls have been bearing that indecision out a little bit. Yeah, um, the ones that have been close have been very close but on the side that I have not picked. Now, I don't know how many people have actually been listening to the baits or just picking what they think is the better of the two. Mm. Either way, I'm nervous about this one. <laughs> Yikes. No. So, okay. the the things that this film have in common are a lot. So, there's mm. uh, both of them were big budget animation breakthroughs and a lot of time and and uh, time and uh, intention were put into the story mm. and the creation of the actual artwork. So I can't lean either way on those because the time and the actual style differences, they both spent a lot of time on the actual design and conceptualization and then the actual follow-through as well. Mm. Um, I think the first difference between them is the is the casts. So yeah. we have a much smaller cast, a more traditional um, cast of, of characters with A Little Mermaid where we have Ariel and it's basically the Ariel show the whole way through with two sidekicks, two animal sidekicks and uh, a, a dad who's a good guy, um, uh, um, an aunt who's a bad yeah. guy <laughs> and the love interest. And that's basically all the characters he meet. There's, you know, the... No, he's not a butler. He's a Grimsby. Duke. Yeah, what is Grimsby? To he's Eric? the butler. Is he a butler? I thought he was like a, a like an advisor. Yeah, or a oh tutor yeah, true. Because wasn't he? Like, his role is very ambiguous. Yeah. Yes, and then it's we, different in the musical yeah, as well. Yeah, and so and then we have the massive ensemble full of really in depth and interesting characters, mm. and each character is representative of a section of audience that are going to go, yes, I love this character. This character me. is me. Yeah. Uh, like just just the three, the queen and the two princesses, just just the queen and uh, mm. Princess Ada and, and Dot, just like, yes, that's everyone. Yeah. But that's not the Disney Renaissance style as well. So it, it was very different. It, oh, I, I'm not saying different. I'm not weighing it either way. It's just something different. And I, I can't, like that Disney has learnt stuff throughout the years. Yeah, and I can't say that one is better because there yeah. are so many, yeah. so many girls and little girls who identify so strongly with Ariel yeah. and the mistakes that she made yeah. and then how she dealt with them. And I think... You did answer my question in your summarization. Is oh that like, God. yes, Triton <laughs> made a mistake. He thought he was doing best and he was ashamed of it later and he apologized, just like Ariel did. Um, so, like, it's, it is about these familial disputes that you can apologize for and move past. We grow as people or mer people. Yeah. Or insects. Yeah. <laughs> it's ambiguous. So, <laughs> I think what. 
what a bug's life has over a little the little mermaid is the depth of character mm. throughout all of these things. Um, Little Mermaid definitely relies on archetype a little bit more, whereas Mm. A Bug's Life kind of like really goes into like what the ladybug is thinking, what the stick insect wants, uh, and even what tuck and roll think. Like (laughs) two characters that don't even speak English, I don't think. They gibber at each other. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I think that is a, a point in... Uh, a Bug's Life's direction, but then you have the music from mm. A Little Mermaid, The Little Mermaid, and you can't... It's very hard to beat Mankin. You can't... <laughs> Many have tried. Just, you, I mean, failed. you listed the oh. the songs, like Part of Your World, A Poor Unfortunate Souls, Kiss the Girl. Like, all of these songs are like... These are songs that have l- stayed with us mm. since the release. Um, and then the other awards that they won, that's a huge point in... The, in the Grammys, the they went triple platinum. Two, two Oscars. Yeah, 200 um, copies, which, you know, <laughs> didn't happen in the 80s. Mm. 200 million, sorry, not 200 copies. God. And so <laughs> at this point, at this point, these movies are 100% even in my calculations. So oh, what does do that, that mean? Thing. It means that I have to award one point for nostalgia to The Little Mermaid. And that means The Little Mermaid is the better Disney film. This week. This is a tough one. Well done. I'm I'm worried. Uh, Like, A Bug's Life is, I think, is a better film. But The Little Mermaid is not a bad film. No. And so in terms of taste, you kind of have to take taste out of it. And I think the legacy... Yeah, and The Little Mermaid, like, if you ask someone to name a Disney film, The Little Mermaid is probably going to be... Top five. Yeah, Yeah. if not the first one. So I think, yeah, I don't usually do this, but these two films, your arguments are just so even. I I think it goes to The Little Mermaid for the legacy that it has given to Disney. So congratulations, Carly. Stacey's very stressful to debate against. (laughs) (laughs) She knows her stuff. She does her research. And she uh, eye contacts you. <laughs> you as well. Which is, <laughs> yeah. I'm not frantically reading. <laughs> yeah. uh, so thank you for defending A Bug's Life oh, so valiantly. It was my honour. It's a great movie and uh, it was a gift to watch it again. It is. So go watch Agreed, A Bug's yeah. Life in celebration. And thank you, Matt, for fact-checking us all the way to the end. Thank you for Thanks having so me. Uh, uh, if you thank you for having such verifiable facts. (laughs) (laughs) You are welcome. I'll send you my um, research list. (laughs) Uh, If you think I am wrong, you are more than welcome to do so. You can let us know on the Facebook poll, which is on our Facebook page, DC University Disney Debates. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram and on Twitter or at our home on the web, thatsnotcanon.com. We are coming up to the end of our second round. Uh, So in a couple of weeks' time, we will be doing our wildcard debates, which are where your votes have determined who's going through to the wildcard rounds. And then after that, the popular vote, which is another round of your mm. your votes, have picked movies to come through to the end there as well. And then we're on to round three, where Ooh. it's a new a new format with teams. Ooh. So that will, that will be interesting to see. So stick with us. We'll be back next week with another Disney debate. Until then, keep watching Disney, everyone. Bye.
I'm Morgan Phillips and I'm a human. And I'm Isabella Vallette and I'm also a human. But I was raised by fairies and now I'm taking my human friend Morgan in to meet all of the mythological creatures that I know. Every Sunday we meet a new mythological creature and interview them about their life in a modern day context. Such as... The Night King from Game of Thrones. Funicula, the friendly vampire brother of Dracula. We've met the Loch Ness Monster. Santa. The Volpertinga. The Devil. And a mermaid. And many more. We release all our interviews as a podcast called Off of the Fairies, where we interview a new mythological creature every week living in a modern day world. Come join us. Uh, that's not kind of productions podcast. 10, 9, 8. Cadbury has launched new Fredo Treasure Space Series with Cadbury Dairy Milk Buttons and a surprise space toy in every chest. 3, 2, 1, lift off! Treasure every adventure. New Cadbury Dairy Milk Fredo Treasure Space Series with only 76 calories per pack. Pick one up in store. We're all beginning to get back to business, so it's time to let customers know. OnPost Commerce is here to help you get through, and nothing gets through to your customers like direct mail. We put your message directly into their hands and their homes, targeting key areas in your locality. Delivered by a familiar face that you can trust. See how effective direct mail can be for your business at onpost.com forward slash commerce. OnPost Commerce. For your world. Terms and conditions apply.